0: we are going higher indeed everyone happy fabulous friday this is bernadette with jerry caldwell and autumn connolly we are broadcasting live from dallas texas on iheartmedia as well as kmet in southern california on abc news talk jerry autumn how you doing doing well Hi. <laughs> so good to have you with us oh my gosh it's fabulous friday and uh that means the weekend starts right after the show <laughs> or at least at five o'clock right <laughs> uh, always a pleasure to have autumn with us uh she's up first we're going to be talking about Becoming Nobody. And at the half, we have Molly Rubish. Uh, she is the author of the new children's book, Is Heaven Farther Than the North Pole? And we're going to be talking with her about how to talk about death and dying with your children. So that's something oh, wow. you went. Yeah, I know, right? It's a really cool book. I have it here with me, and I think it's a, I think it's an important topic. One that you and I have discussed before, actually, Autumn, on a prior show yeah. that we did about home remedies for common pet issues, and then we kind of segued into putting a pet down is one of the most difficult things to do, uh, and talking about how to do that and how um, our our beloved animals, pets family members, furry family members, whatever you call yours. uh, I like to call them my furry family. Um, And that's why we have Furbulous Fridays. (laughs) But, you know, we've all had to do it. And so, Autumn... Let me officially introduce you and then we'll talk about it. So Autumn Connelly uh, lives in the Sky Islands of Arizona with her four kiddos and her animal babies. She is the creator of Anvil Traditional Healing, a company dedicated to restoring microbiome health through diet. Autumn is also a, self-caught, a self-taught vegan chef, a cereal gardener, and an avid believer in and teacher of the healing powers of meditation. You can find Autumn at meditatewithautumn at gmail.com or go to her website, healing.com and she also sells her products on Amazon. And I'm so proud of her as a fellow woman entrepreneur. And she's a great girl. Thank you. Thank and you. She's, Thank and she's got four children. Uh, let's see. Henry, Sally, uh, Tulip is the youngest, and then uh, Minnie Mae, right?
3: Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. You have passed the quiz. <laughs> I passed the Minnie quiz.
2: Was that Minnie Mae? Was that a sneaky way to name the child Minnie Me? <laughs> I
3: know, everybody makes that joke And I, you know, obviously It didn't cross my mind, but
0: <laughs> I love that name, Minnie Mae See, Autumn has guts, she really does And she's going to name her baby whatever she wants Case in point, Tulip I love that name
3: <laughs> <laughs> she yes. Oh my gosh Tulip is well, going through some things right now She's like, she's at the I don't know if you're went through this stage But she refuses to wear clothes, like, at all Like, Oh my gosh I'm just, I like to get to go to the grocery store. I'm I'm like negotiating with her, like she wants to wear clothing to go outside.
0: <laughs> I wonder what that says about her little free spirit of <laughs> being a tulip. <laughs> uh, maybe you should plant her and see if uh, tulips grow out of her ears. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I have a, I have 10 beautiful tulips, uh, yellow ones growing right now. They bloomed uh, two days ago. Uh, and yeah. I bought, I bought this little vase at Costco and it had the bulbs in it and just the water and the greens, but the, you know, they weren't really full grown yet. So I've watched them oh, develop yeah. in the last couple of weeks and it's so cool to do that. And when those, oh, uh great. you know, can uh, you're the one to ask this to you and Jerry, can I replant those tulips you guys and the, the bulbs yeah. and and they'll come up again next year, yes. right? Yes, yeah, But you ground, have to make yeah. sure that you
2: pull them out, you cut the green off, and you store them like you would, you know, onions and potatoes. You know, you put them in a, in a dry, dark, dark place. and
0: Dry, dark place. Yeah. And then I plant them again next spring, like, right? Or in the ground, oh, or, can or can I could do them, this. You
3: can plant them right now.
0: I can plant them right now?
3: Okay. Yeah, I just, whenever bulbs, for me, whenever they're done blooming, I just put them in the ground and make oh. them back. Unless one of right.
0: my chickens digs them up. Oh, wow, yeah. How many chickens do you have right now?
3: Oh, I only have maybe 15 or so. It seems like the big bad wolf was out at some point and got oh, them, but... yeah.
0: Well, the Um, circle of life,
3: (laughs) which is kind of, so so, you
0: know, it's a great segue, actually, the circle of life about, you know, putting a pet down is one of the most difficult things to do. What are your top tips uh, for it? And, you know, Jerry just recently went through this with his dog and myself, too, with three in the past year. And it is a very difficult process. So what are your tips for this, Autumn?
3: You know, the thing that has helped the kids and I most is by just kind of remembering that animals in so many ways, you know, they are... They are a gift to us, and they come into our lives mm-hmm. for a particular reason, and then oftentimes they leave our lives when um, when that reason is gone as well. And I find that, you know, most of my very close pets have been um, with me through some things, and then, you know, when it's, mm-hmm. when and my growth has excelled, you know, and they're not as uh, – their comfort maybe isn't as needed anymore, then they make their way out. You know, it's not always that way, but – Yeah, kind of like like with people. Yeah, a reason, a season, or forever, you know? Yeah. So that's how it is with, the animal kingdom, I feel, even, um, like with our pony that we rehomed, we just saw her yesterday and, you know, in a way it was a death, you know, because she went from being a daily part of our lives. Now we only see her every six weeks or so. Mm -hmm. But, um, my daughter on the way home, my 12 year old, she was saying, uh, how much she missed her, but, she can t- she knew she needed her during the time that she had her because yeah. um, she really needed, it. <clears throat> she well, really needed and- her friendship and everything
0: yeah and they are our best friends right man's mm-hmm. best friend is our dogs but uh yes yeah yeah, I know you're feeling it, Jerry. Uh I knew when we brought years. up eighteen years. Yeah. I know um, that's
3: so hard. They're yeah. in our life for a long enough time mm-hmm.
0: where it just mm-hmm. feels like
3: it should be forever, right?
0: Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Mick, seventeen years. Uh Max and Ruby both. But Max, you know, over Christmas, a couple of days before Christmas, died right in my arms. It was the most beautiful and sad at the same time uh process to go through. I was with him from the time I rescued him off the street when he was a puppy. He and uh, his sister Ruby and nobody wanted them two cute little puppies no one would adopt them in 2000 uh i think it was 2008 2007 something like that and i had them for Mm -hmm. many many years and uh but yeah so it's part it's part of the process of life and and one of the processes in life today i think to find happiness is a topic that you chose autumn you're always coming up with the most wonderful stuff we're talking about Mm -hmm. becoming nobody oh i'm there. (laughs) well no at first i thought oh what does that mean you know becoming nobody but um you know it's it's actually when you become nobody as you said it's about becoming everything right um autumn in our conversation that we had earlier
3: yeah yeah you know it's like this it's you know in some ways it's just um, uh, a perspective shift you know which um is is not easy to do but it simplifies the process a, li- a little bit but then as you get into it more you start realizing you know you can really by making this small perspective shift it shifts really big things So it's um mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite practices mm-hmm.
0: i'm hearing a little bit of static uh that hasn't happened in a while i <laughs> but uh maybe we should go to break uh or maybe wait for the static to pass jerry i'm gonna let you make the call what do we do here
2: um Static go. probably isn't going to go anywhere.
0: Okay, let's go to break. We'll be right back. More coming up with Autumn Connolly. We're talking about becoming nobody. Stay tuned. You're listening to One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at OneLifeRadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, Barracky. <laughs> hey, everyone. I have to share a story about how amazing Terraflora Advanced Care is for gut health. So my friend Liz contracted a debilitating intestinal bacterial infection about a month ago. Her doctor told her she could have died if left untreated. He prescribed a strong antibiotic that treated her infection but unfortunately left her with terrible stomach bloating along with other intestinal issues. I recommended that she take Terraflora Advanced Care to help her replenish the good gut bacteria lost by taking the antibiotics. Liz said she could tell the difference in her gut immediately after taking the Advanced Care. Her stomach bloating Went away, and she could feel her gut working the way it's supposed to. She says Terraflora Advanced Care has been a game changer, and she won't go without it. I hear stories like this all the time about Terraflora Advanced Care and all the Terraflora probiotics. I have been taking them for years myself, and I encourage everyone to visit EnviroMedica.com to see their full line of probiotics and find the one that's right for you. That's EnviroMedica.com
2: back with more positivity pouring out your speakers it's one life radio
0: everyone welcome back to One Life Radio this is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Autumn Connolly we are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas Texas on iHeartMedia I love that song <laughs> as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk uh, if you're just now joining um, joining us uh, Autumn Connolly lives in the Sky Islands of Arizona with her four kiddos and her animal babies she is the creator of Anvil Traditional Healing a company dedicated to restoring. Microbiome health through diet. Autumn is also a self taught vegan chef, a cereal gardener, and an avid believer in and a teacher of the healing powers of meditation. You can find Autumn at Meditate with Autumn at Gmail.com or her website, Anvil Traditional Healing.com. And as I said earlier, she also sells her products on Amazon.com, Anvil Traditional Healing. It's always great to have her with us. She's one of my best friends. She's one of my coolest friends, if not the coolest friend I have. And we always talk about the craziest stuff we do. And today we're talking about becoming nobody. Uh, and so what is the idea, Autumn, uh, behind this practice? What does it even mean?
3: You know, the way that Joe Dispenza presents it, it's like a way to get out of your head. You know, it's like essentially a way to be living within a meditation so that we, dis- we disassociate from our emotional body from the um, feelings that we um, have this knee-jerk reaction to certain situations. And instead, we become more of just the observer of our reality rather than being so emotionally enmeshed in every single situation. Mm-hmm. Sounds, um, sounds a lot easier than, you know, it necessarily is because, of course, things do happen in our lives that provoke our emotions here and there. And, it's, you know, the idea is not to become a robot. But it is instead to um, sort of remember that a lot of what goes on in our lives is this, um, the cliche of this shall pass, you know, it's like all of these little, all of these little hiccups we encounter, they tend to be for our greater good, Mm -hmm. the um, difficulty becomes. Separating the momentary instance of something we perceive as being negative and um, getting lost in that, rather than feeling like, okay, here's an opportunity for growth, and at the end of this growth, I will become better for it. The people mm-hmm. around me will be better for it. And you know, accepting even difficulty with gratitude. And um, by no means is it a perfect practice, right? It's something that right. we just. We just grow into the more the more deep that we are able to go, but it certainly has a it certainly has a way of um, of really shifting the way we feel about our reality and in a in a positive way. And when we're able to see things more positively, um, we attract more positivity. Mm-hmm.
0: I love what you say about accepting diversity with gratitude. I don't think diversity is the word that you use, but accepting, you know, difficult times with gratitude, right? That that's the universe yeah. trying to teach us something. That's kind of how I look at it. You know, even when I get a traffic t- t- ticket, which I'll knock on wood, it's been a long time, but even when I <laughs> would get a traffic ticket or something, yeah. I would say, well, that's the universe telling me to slow down. And I would say, thank you, universe, for giving me a traffic ticket <laughs> because maybe yeah, that'll exactly. save my life, right? And that's a good way to look at it instead of getting all mad going oh my god that's going to cost me yeah well your your life has exactly. a lot more value right <laughs> than and, a know, traffic feedback, ticket
3: huh? what normally re- what normally resonates with people is the ability to go back into your life you know think historically about the worst awful things that have happened to you and then think about where are you now and they almost always have some sort of positive outcome the yeah. difficult was the difficult part of it was your own heartache, your own feelings, your own attachment to whatever this thing or this um, this loss was. And that's where the difficulty was. The actual factual events of going from point A to point B uh, the the result has been positive and it's mm-hmm. very difficult to it's very difficult to see that when you're in it, but with you having known that historically this is what happened, why not be able to bring that into the present? Why not be able to look at today and go, oh, no, this this terrible, awful happened. But I'm wise enough to know that when something bad happens, it, it always opens the, the door for something good, always. And well, yeah. um, maybe not instantly, but it's coming. And so, um detaching yourself from this feeling of, um, upset or this feeling of, um, giving up or something, you know, mm-hmm. is, is really to your own advantage. Yeah. Well,
0: and I think, you know, it also helps you to focus, you know, cause we're going to be talking about loss loss here at the second half of the show with, uh, Molly Kubish and her book, uh, is Heaven further, uh, farther than the North Pole, uh, which is a book that she was inspired to write after losing her father and her uh, her stepsons uh, lost their mother unexpectedly. And so I think mm-hmm. that it's a, you know we can learn lessons from that because when you lose someone, whether we talked about earlier about losing a pet. It helps you to uh, to learn the lesson of appreciate people while you have them, appreciate your pets while you while you have them, uh, and it puts you in a happier state of mind emotionally uh, because and mentally because you you have a you walk around more with a with an attitude of gratitude, right? You have a gratitude, oh, right? It, that's what it teaches you when you lose something. To appreciate- and it does
3: teach you something, or you know, it can even teach you something as you know. Uh, of- something where you want to honor the memory of this yes. person or this loved one and it it spurs you into doing great like writing a book you know and it's not right. to say that the book is more important than this person's life um but it is uh, along the lines of personal growth you know it is a positive and so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you the things are going to happen no matter what we don't have the control to stop them from happening but we do have the control in our reaction and our reaction can be one that acknowledges the that acknowledges the good things that come out of these um otherwise um an yeah. uncomfortable situation.
0: Well, you know, when we were uh, talking earlier, we talked about um, becoming nobody. Really means becoming everything, right? And yes. you gave the analogy of uh, dropping the teacup, right? And <laughs> and letting go of your emotional self. So let's talk about dropping the teacup and
2: how oh, to- we're spilling yes, the tea.
3: This is, a, <laughs> this is a real life example. <laughs> I am known for. I like to. I like to play it fast and loose in the car with my teacup. So I'm always. Travel ones, right? So I'm always running out of the house, and I live at the top of this hill. I go down this sandy slope with these rickety steps. So I'm always having this like cuddling everywhere, and I'm oh holding my a million things and a baby. It's this constant, kind of, and I kind of like the game of it now, you know. And I've gotten to this point where I can have absolutely no reaction, you know. The teacup, this wonderful, delicious cup of French pressed <laughs> tea that I'm all excited about. I've blended my own cashew cream for. I'm like just trying to get in the car so I can drink it in peace mm-hmm. and then just boom like right down the hill my cup's broken. There's like tea all in my garden beds and I just, I've got my point myself to this point that's like, oh okay, today's this day. Wonderful. Uh-huh. Great. You know, here we go. <laughs> and it's really neat how I've been able to tame this reaction in me and it's just it's me going, Thank you here you know, I thank love you that. for the fact that the tea is broken, smile and it's the amusement that I find in it is the gift in and of itself, you know. It's yeah uh, Oh, and you can apply this to so many things and I do i, I I'm, I'm forced to you know the other option would be me being um, walking around and being irritated all the time and right. you know my life is fraught with little children and <laughs> lots of lots of daily tasks and everything and n- pretty much nothing goes according to plan and so I've just come to the understanding that if I look at it and pause and don't Follow the initial reaction. Become nobody. Become this observer. Mm-hmm. The, like the example I like is it's like you're reading a book. You know, when you're reading a book, you're going, you're, you know, you can get into the storyline and everything, and you can be like, oh, this is bad or this is that. But if somebody drops their tea cup in the book and it shatters all over the place, you know, it's not like you're personally affronted. You're, you just kind of think, oh, okay, okay. well, this is the next part of the story. Okay, what happens after this part of the story and that curiosity when we bring it into our own life and go, okay, here we are right now. The two-year-old has taken all the permanent markers and colored all over the wall while we were, you know, doing, Uh while we were taking out the trash, you know, like, how did this happen in three minutes? (laughs) Um, It's like, Okay, well here's this part of the story. What's the next part? Oh, I wonder what gets permanent marker off a drywall. You know, it's like, let's figure this out and let's, let's, let's have every little tiny thing in life be an adventure instead of, um, instead of letting it, um, bug us.
0: Yeah, and just live this miserable existence. You're not going to believe this. You and I have never talked about this, and I was sitting here just smiling and shaking my head. What are the odds? I need to go to Vegas or something. But I do the same thing with a teacup, a coffee cup, not a teacup, but a coffee <laughs> cup. I make my tea. I put it in my car because now I've been going to the laundromat since my uh, my Maytag washer is still broken. And but I okay. like. I found a way to enjoy going to even to the laundromat, right? But it's not uncommon for me, almost daily, to have a cup of tea. I do the same thing. So much so, Autumn, that it's kind of tore up my counsel or my console, you know, um, yeah. where my shift is on my Subaru, and I don't care anymore. It's like I don't care, you know. That's the great thing about driving a Subaru. You re- you relax, you know. You're part of nature. And uh,
2: in, in my twenties, right? I was known as the guy that never spilled his beer.
0: Oh gosh, that's funny. I I, well,
2: ro- I straight up rolled down a hill in an apartment complex once while holding a can of beer, and I must oh my have God. gone. I must have gone. Uh, uh, butt over tea kettle at least four or five times and I stood up at the bottom and every drop of beer was still in that can (laughs)
3: <laughs> That's, That's funny. Talent. Well, I <laughs>
0: wish I could say that. I, I've got tea all over the place in my car, but I have a black interior, so who cares, right? And uh, yes. now, I don't make mine with milk or anything, so it won't sour and make the car smell stinky. But um, but the <laughs> but the point is that I just don't care anymore. You know, it's about, it changes your mindset, right? To, to not yes. sweat the little things in life. What does it matter if I spill a little tea in my car? I enjoy right. having that hot cup of tea while I'm driving to my destination, whether it be right long or short you know and, and it's i don't know it's so crazy th- though that you do the same thing i'm not surprised at all by the way
3: <laughs> i know <laughs> we're on a wavelength <laughs>
0: we are we are and i don't have four small children but i have a new puppy and that has taught me a lot about
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes and it's a beagle puppy too so a beagle, beagle oh god nice you guys
0: <laughs> uh, peter 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 the puppy he is a handful, but uh, you know I just love him he's taught me again you know so many things that you know about you know enjoy he's a puppy you know he's supposed to pee and poop a lot right he's yeah. supposed to be full of energy everything's new he's exploring the world and there's a beauty in that in itself right, right. just enjoying mm-hmm. that and so so exactly. um you know, by the examples we just talked about, uh, I'll ask the uh, question still. How does it help to change our mindset to develop this attitude of becoming nobody?
3: You know, what I think that it does for myself personally and is it lowers the overall emotional cup. You know, mm. it's like instead of running, instead of like, you know, teetering on the top of everything spilling over, you've got this wiggle room because you're not – you're, you're more conscious, you're more aware. And the consciousness is what, and the consciousness is what gets you closer to becoming nobody, to becoming this one with everything. This conscious awareness of, Hey, you know, I'm just here living this life. I'm not my human self. I, you know, I am, I am the spirit self living in this human body and everything that I'm doing, you know, it's, it's, It's more like a game. It's more Mm -hmm. like something to be had to be enjoyed. And once you have that perspective shift, once you're able to have the perspective shift on top of your emotional cup being lowered, then... You don't get as flustered as easily. You find mm-hmm. yourself being more patient. You find yourself willing to, um, willing to play and accept the joy and the small and the small happenings of the day. You know, rather than being so concerned with being in control to avoid some sort of emotional um, upset. You know, yeah. it's like this control. We want to have this control, but the control causes us all this stress and all of this, all of this and work, whereas if we instead go into it with a, well, I'm not going to be able to control anything, and my emotional, my, I've got my emotions in a healthy, happy place, so that when something does happen that um, is otherwise upsetting, um, I'm able to pause for a minute before I react, and that is, that's pretty much, you know, um, a life changer. That's the whole life shift that makes you a much happier person, makes the people and pets that you're around happier
0: yeah and there's that doggone static i don't know if we can clear it up i wanted you to do a mantra oh my gosh i can't can't we do something about it jerry without going to break so that she can get her mantra in
2: i've done everything that i possibly can there's Ah. it's something to do with the phone
0: something to do with the phone her phone
2: no Mm.
0: no okay oh the phone oh the phone yeah your phone well, we're gonna have to get that fixed. Hello, iHeartMedia. Let's get the phone fixed. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, doggone it, because I wanted you to do your mantra, the Gaba Gaba Gabanade day. Is that how do you how do you pronounce it?
3: I like your way better. <laughs> this is better than a mantra, anyway. <laughs> I know it's kind
0: of fun. All right. Fun.
2: You just go ahead. The burn. Just go ahead and uh, uh, ad lib, and I'm going to call her back real quick. We don't need to go to a break. Okay. Time. All right. We're going to. I'll just call you right back on.
0: Okay. She's going to. He's going to dial her back up, and yeah, the mantra that we're going to do. I'm not sure what it. it what the, What the meaning is, but it's Gaban Gabande, Mukande. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you say it, and she's such got such a beautiful voice. She does, and that's why I don't want to really go to break until we have to, because I wanted to end this segment uh, with Autumn by singing that mantra. Um, you know, she's got a fabulous uh, company, and I encourage you to All visit right, it. Sure she's a single mom. AnnvilleTraditionalHealing dot com. And do we have her back? Sounds like there's some stuff going on there. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and ad-lib. Any, and, oh, there she
3: static?
0: is. Uh, no static. Okay, let's go with this.
3: <laughs> okay. All right. Close your eyes. Big, deep breath. Go udare apare. Hariyam kariyam. Nana name a go bend udare a pare. Harian, harian.
0: Beautiful. Autumn Connolly. everyone. I'm going to say goodbye with that and give you yes. So beautiful. So beautiful. Say hello to the kiddos for me and all the animal babies and happy Furbulous (laughs) Friday. You have a great weekend, dear friend. All right. Bye, Autumn. Okay, everyone, that was wonderful. She's just such a beautiful person. But uh, we have another beautiful person coming up, Molly Rubish. She is the author of the new children's book, Is Heaven Farther Than the North Pole? Stay tuned. She'll be with us in just a minute. You are listening to One Life Radio.
2: Follow us on social media at One Life Radio
0: crazy water's benefits have a history that runs deep. The legend is that in 1881, a woman who suffered from dementia would sit by the well and drink the mineral water all day long. People began to notice that the woman was not so crazy anymore. Had the well gotten rid of her crazies? The well became known as the crazy well and people from all over flocked to this magical place. Back in 1904, the famous Mineral Water Company began bottling and distributing its mineral water. The benefits of these minerals all feed your body and mind what it craves. It's a natural sports drink without all the disruptive artificial flavors and sugars. You can find Crazy Water by visiting their website, drinkcrazywater.com. That's drinkcrazywater.com.
2: Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back.
0: All right, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We have Molly Rubish with us. She is the author of the new children's book, Is Heaven Farther Than the North Pole? After graduating college, Molly landed a coveted position with T-Mobile, helping to launch the company in the Cleveland, Ohio marketplace. After her successful years in marketing, Molly transitioned into the medical device field where she learned the techniques and vernacular of such Innovations as the Da Vinci Robot Surgical System. Molly and her husband, Grant, live in Indiana with their blended family of four children, including Connor, Claire, Rylan, and Reed. You can find uh, Molly at MollyRubish.com and her last name is spelled R-U-B-E-S-H Mollyrubish.com or on Facebook at Molly Rubish.author or Instagram Instagram at MollyRubish.author. Such an honor and a pleasure to have you with us, Molly. Welcome to One Life. Radio.
4: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, you know, I'm going to ask you right out of the gate, what made you decide to write a children's book and this particular book? Can you tell us the story behind the story?
4: Yeah, I, you know, like you mentioned, I have been in sales for 20 years and I, in the spring of last year, my father got really sick and went into a The hospital and then the hospice. And when he passed away in April of last year, I decided that I wanted to do something different. I I did not feel like the corporate world was probably serving me Uh and I just needed to take a break. And so Uh I had taken time to be home and care for my family. We have a blended family, like you mentioned, and four kids and just processing my overall grief. So over the summer, I spent time at home and just was really working on processing my grief and and raising our kids. And it really dawned on me that I wanted to write a children's book and kind of show to the world um, and or grieving children that, you know, grief is very, very difficult, but we can find some beauty in it as Mm -hmm. well.
0: Yeah, and some purpose. So is your mom still alive? She is. Your mom is still alive, and so you lost your dad and I know what that feels like a lot of people out there do a lot of people don't, but it is a it is a huge um, step right in the process uh in, in, in the life that we live here on earth and um, and it's a huge loss, especially if you have um i think a i not I was going to say especially if you have a very close relationship with your dad, but I think it might even be more difficult if you don't what do what do you think about that
4: i I truly believe that losing a parent is a life-altering event, and yeah. unfortunately, it's something that if we all live long enough, we were, right. we're all going to endure.
1: Uh-huh. Um, and
4: so, it is a commonality. But yes, it, regardless of your relationship with your parent, it probably complicates things more if you don't have a strong connection to them. Uh-huh. Um, but in my case, I did have a very strong connection. But either way, grief is grief is really grief tricky. Grief is grief, and it's hard. Yeah,
0: I know. uh, I know. I have a friend who's uh, young. She's in her 20s, and she lost her father almost a year ago, too, like you. Um, The one-year anniversary is coming up, and it was very tragic for her. Um, She did not have a really close relationship with her dad, not the kind that she wanted, and it's been very heartbreaking for her. As I know, it like you said, it's a life-altering event in your life. It really is. And you were a new stepmother, too, uh, trying to fill the shoes of Ryan, or excuse me, Rylan and Reed's biological mother, who passed away so unexpectedly as well. When did she pass away? She passed away before your father did, right? Or after? Yes.
4: So um, they were divorced. My, my husband and, and April were divorced at the time, so I was already living here um, and acting as a stepmother for right. Rylan and Reed and then my two children. And so we were... We were kind of a newly blended family and mm-hmm. when she passed it was uh, something that we had to abruptly identify you know how do we parent grieving children at, at that time I was still like you know Ma- Molly as their stepmom and
1: mm-hmm.
4: uh, we really had to just kind of evolve day by day. kids process grief so differently than we do and we put all of these parameters in place that are like they sh- shouldn't they be doing this. Or shouldn't Mm -hmm. they be crying? Or why aren't they acting this way? Mm -hmm. And um, it it was one of those things that we had to take the lead from them. At the time, Rylan was nine and Reed was five. Mm. And so both of them were very different in their grief. I remember specifically sitting at the funeral home, and Rylan was so stoic and just Mm -hmm. staring. Mm -hmm. And I put my hand on his leg, and I gave him permission. I said, it's okay to cry. And he sobbed. So these children, they want to be strong, and they want to right. process, and they don't know the finality of it. And then read was so much littler. Uh, and so it, it, it's taken a lot to just evolve day by day, but that is where this book has kind of come into play, believing that we as parents need to open the dialogue and show mm-hmm. vulnerability and allow them the space to speak freely about their special person that died.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I think it, well, it's a trickle down from the top too, you know, and men are just, men are uh, taught to be strong and hold things in. Right. Typically. Um, how did your, how did your husband react you um, know, with the news. And I'm sure he was uh, very uh, deeply saddened as well. I can't even imagine. Uh, I, You know, I, I mean, we all think about it, right? What if, what if? I think that every, every mother and father out there raising children, you always have to consider that. What if, right? And so the what if happened, and how did he handle it?
4: It was, it's a complicated grief. You know, it was his ex-wife, but mm-hmm. it's still... Was somebody that he once loved very much, and that he built right. a life with, and that mm-hmm. he, so he's processing the death of this woman, and he's processing the death of his children's mother. Mm. Right. So it was, it was a lot of layers, and initially we kind of went with this approach of, okay, let's just let's just act like this normal, and let's see what they need. But the more and more I um, would learn about childhood grief and researched it. it, it all suggests and it all supports that we need to discuss it. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've had two different communications experts on this week and yesterday even, like, Kip Rogers is speaking about being vulnerable and showing the vulnerability yeah. and being authentic. And, you know, Michelle earlier in the week and just authenticity. So that is, I shout it from the rooftops, we... We allow this woman to live in our home, you know, her memory, her name, mm-hmm. her birthday. We celebrate her life uh-huh. and we don't make this taboo and we don't shy away from open conversations that allow them to process their grief. Some days it's harder than others,
1: mm-hmm. but a lot of
4: times we can find joy in, in her
3: memory.
0: Yeah. You know, I have to uh, comment I, I have to thank you first of all for listening to the show yesterday and a couple of shows. I guess you had listened to Kip Rogers has been on the show uh, for many many years. She's a dear friend as well, and she's very very smart. As you know, uh, very w- w- well articulates so many things mm-hmm. that we need to understand, especially when it comes to raising children. And uh, but I've never had anybody really. I don't know if I've ever had anybody really talk about that on the show. So thank you so much for listening to her and taking the time to do that. Um, you know, uh, you had yeah. talked about children handling grief so much different than we do and so i'm gonna jump ahead here a little bit because uh, i loved in the book that you reserved some of the pages for artistic self-expression for the child uh reading it and it said uh, it it, or it is sad this is something that i learned uh from just you know uh doing some investigating about children dealing with grief that art is a valuable tool for the very young to express what they are feeling did you learn that from experience uh, or did you read that somewhere
4: it's experience. Uh, Reed, my, my youngest stepson, was um, right around Christmas time, he asked for our elves to bring mommy back. Aww.
1: And so the
4: elves um, sent him a, a really cute little tin with paper and crayons and markers and stickers and asked him to write memories and, you know, and then she would be able to see them. And so he drew some very beautiful pictures, lots of hearts, lots of them holding hands. Um, and, you know, he, he was too little to come up with words. He's yeah. not, uh, he wasn't, uh, you know, a writer per se mm-hmm. or, or to journal, but his pictures yeah. and lots of hearts and I love you, mommy and that kind of stuff was a a gift for him. And so he still has that in his little tin. Sometimes if he has a bad day or he's emotional, he goes to his Mm -hmm. little tin and he colors and he writes. And so I just wanted to give them space. Ryland is more of a journaler, so he has an amazing vocabulary. He's well-read and well-spoken, and so he can write his words better. So those blank pages Mm -hmm. are really just a a guide to do what you want with them. You can Mm -hmm. write hurtful, hard things. You can write beautiful memories it's just a way to allow the child to, to express themselves freely and then hopefully the adult or primary caregiver that's guiding with them to say, what does this mean to you and how does mm-hmm. that make you feel and, and use them as some prompts to open yeah. the dialogue.
0: Well, and, you know, I'm thinking about your children, your biological children, and then blending this family together because you instantly became their full-time mom uh, with the passing of their biological mom. And so uh, how you, you're, you're an amazing woman, obviously, uh, but how, diffi- how difficult was that to, you know, uh, all to put everybody together kind of so quickly? And did your children, you know, how did they react to, because I'm sure that they had fear like, oh, gosh, if it happened to their mommy, it could happen to my mommy, right? Did you deal with
4: any of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we are very lucky that our four children blended well. Yeah. Um, it doesn't come without challenges. We're not, you know, we're not superhuman, right? but we we have blended very well. They were all at good ages, and because we leave things very open, my two biological children have to process the grief of a divorce and two mm-hmm. parents. Mm-hmm. And so we talk a lot about like no feeling is off table. Let's yeah. just, you know, try to manage our emotions in a healthy way and, you know, let's talk about it. And then we try to give perspective on, you know, what's the difference between, you know, death and divorce. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and so it's a beautiful mess, if you will. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's a great family and I'm so thankful for where we are. But we talk a lot about how joy and sadness can coexist. Oh, it's yeah. okay for them to miss their mom. And wish she was here and still love me and love Connor and Claire.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's okay
4: for Connor and Claire to miss and wish that I was still married to their dad. But yeah. still love our blended family. They don't mm-hmm. ever have to choose one or the other. It can be both.
0: Yeah, I think you need to write another book. And I think it needs to be about divorce. So many children go through this with divorce. I went through it with my two children. It was very difficult. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think of one picture that my littlest one uh, drew. Of, uh, of the three of us, like just stick figures and all these, uh, it was a big cloud over us with rain just pouring down mm-hmm. on all three of us. And and I still oh. have it. But that was her way of expressing her grief for the, yeah. you know, and, and so we do have to remember these children, uh, you know, they feel you know, they feel things that are important that need to be acknowledged. And I'm way over the time to go to break. So we're going to go for a quick break. More coming up with Molly Rubish, everyone. She is the author of the new children's book, Is Heaven Farther Than the North Pole? Stay tuned. You are listening to One Life Radio.
2: You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com
0: in today's environment books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge children's health defense publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences often at the expense of their careers here are the latest must reads in the fight for truth the courage to face covid 19 preventing hospitalization and death while battling the biopharmaceutical complex by true crime writer, John Leake, and prominent research cardiologist, Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager, Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense, for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com.
2: We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now.
0: Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Molly Rubish. Uh, We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. If you're just now joining us, we are having a conversation with Molly Rubish. She is the author of the new children's book, Is Heaven Farther Than the North Pole? How to Talk About Death and Dying with Your Children. And, uh, okay, so, you know, tell us about the story. Uh, or tell us a story about the night that Reed asked, is heaven further or farther than the North Pole, Molly? How did that, tell us the conversation, how it happened.
4: Uh, It was just a normal night. You know, we go, Grant and I both take turns tucking the kids in. And so he went in and told the, the boys goodnight in each one of their rooms. And then I went in and told them goodnight. And Reed has been... He asks me more things, and so does Rylan. And, and I don't know if it's because they don't want to hurt their dad or if they feel like I'm going to give them a, a more honest answer. But Reed was really little, I'd you know, probably five years old, and he asked me one night, is heaven farther than the North Pole? And, you know, of course he's referencing Mommy, and mm-hmm. he wants to know where she is. And it ended with, me talking in a lot of circles and, and me basically saying, I don't know. You know, I, I was stumbling for words. It, stuck, it stopped me in my tracks. I did not think that that is what uh, my evening goodnight routine was going to look like. And it, it brought me back to that conversation multiple times. Mm-hmm. And it was not until my father died when I started really grieving, but seeing beauty daily in the sunset, in the sunrise, in the clouds, in the nature, in the birds, in a song. And I, it just hit me. I'm like, heaven is all around us. Yeah, it He is. is with me. And that yeah. love is with me at all times. Mm-hmm. And so I told Reed that I have an answer to his question that he asked me so long ago. Um, and he, he was so excited when I told him I was going to write the book. And I let him pick the characters' names and... In the book, they go and um, have ice cream and they get a sour apple chiller. And that's what their mom got when they were pregnant. She was pregnant with the boys. And Mm -hmm. so we have a lot of really fun things that I was able to come full circle for them with my message. But unfortunately, I was not able to support them the way that I support them now Mm because I did not understand the level of grief of losing a parent.
0: Oh, yeah, and that's beautiful. That's a beautiful message, and you kind of already answered my next question, which was going to be how did the death of your father teach you about life and death. Uh, but you said, that, you said in an interview that I watched that kids can be great teachers. Um, so are children uh, perhaps, uh, are they, are they uh, able to simplify loss better than adults somehow, make it less complicated?
4: Yeah, we as a society have been conditioned to be fixers. And we want to, we don't know what to say. So people in turn say nothing. And it's bizarre. You know, I'm I'm sure through your grief, you probably could tell you certain, like, where a really good friend says nothing. Mm
1: -hmm. And they
4: say, well, I just don't know what to say. Mm
1: -hmm. And I don't want
4: to say something or say the wrong thing. And so I have learned from them that. It doesn't have to be so hard. You do not need to come up with the really right word because there is no word
1: mm-hmm. that is
4: going to take away the right. magnitude of pain that you're under during grief. There's, yeah. there's just no words. So you supporting somebody like a child would by, like, sitting by them or playing with them or, or hugging them. If I'm tearful, like when I came home the day that my dad died, they just hugged me. Mm-hmm. And so they don't necessarily have to have all of the words, and we don't either. Yeah, I think that is being present, being there, and being mindful for your, your friend or whoever you're supporting is, is the biggest lesson in this whole thing, where children don't mess it up by saying, oh, God needed another angel, or mm-hmm. he's, you know, she's mm-hmm. in a better place. Yeah. And that's like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> uh, yeah. And just don't do that
0: right right they just it's yeah they, they they it's they make it less complicated you know i know you're very passionate about the mental health community and that all the proceeds from your book are going to are going to the national alliance for children's grief
1: right
4: yeah a percentage of them are going to go to the national alliance for children in grief because it's a fantastic organization that provides free resources to grieving families and children across the nation. This book is just one little piece to provide comfort, but it Mm -hmm. cannot be the last stop. Childhood trauma of losing someone really needs mental health professionals, and that's why I encourage everybody to seek that level of help. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the other percentage of the proceeds is going to go to Fund more of my projects, like a divorce grief book. There you um, go. I have some a couple other concepts with um, mm-hmm. explaining grief in a childlike term to, yeah. to kids. So it's kind of twofold that I'm going to continue this journey.
0: That's fabulous. It is. You know, there's many messages in the book, uh, but maybe the most important one is that, our, as you already said, that our loved ones, and this is how I got through many losses in my life, that those loved ones and their memories are always with us. Nobody can take them away, right? And so, uh, you know, Molly, why are those memories so instrumental in healing as we move forward? What is, What's your opinion on that?
4: You know, love and grief go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And The memory and the love that you have with your special person does not die when they die. Absolutely. So I can find some really deep joy in in memories and things that make me laugh and things that bring happiness. Oh, yeah. just (laughs) living in that moment.
0: Oh, yeah. I quote my mom and dad all the time and other people that I've lost in my life, and it just keeps them alive. It really does. And it puts a smile on your face. And even though you can't touch them, you they're still with you is my message as well. At the end of this, I hear the music playing and Molly I just have to thank you for writing the book and uh, good luck on your when you get your next book written reach out to us we'll talk about that one too Molly Rubish everyone go to mollyrubish.com thank you so much Molly and thank you for listening yesterday everyone you get one body you get one mind and you get one life get out there this weekend and just be kind everyone be kind